welcome to the Women's Center's Wednesday Workshop, a podcast that shares helpful insight for survivors, community members, and service providers alike. The Women's Center is based out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. We welcome and serve survivors of all ages, races, gender identities, sexual orientations, abilities, nationalities, and immigration statuses. The mission of the Women's Center is to provide safety, shelter, and support to empower all impacted by domestic abuse, sexual violence, child abuse, and trafficking. Each episode will feature instruction on a healing topic. Today, our topic is Grounding Through Turbulent Times, Volume 2. My name is Mo, and I'm the Advocacy Specialist with the Women's Center. My name is Aspen, and I am a Survivor Advocate 1 with the Women's Center. Experiencing the stress from news, whether that's information about an abuser, receiving generally bad news, etc., is common and universal, especially these days and within our current news cycle. This is not to say that everyone is struggling to just get over it, but more as a statement of us being human and experiencing the emotions of stress and strife. Know that you always deserve support and that you are not alone, even though we don't all respond the same way. In this podcast, we will not be discussing specific news stories and circumstances, but it is safe to say that we have unfortunately remained in some turbulent times. If you are looking to process any events more specifically, you are always welcome to connect with an advocate on our 24-hour hotline or your local DVFA support program. So with all of this in mind, why do we continue to engage in a difficult news cycle or with unhealthy communicators, even if it's causing us harm? Everyone's situation or reasons may look different, but there are a couple reasons behind this that we wanted to highlight. As humans, we tend to want to be in the know and are often creatures of habit. There is a science behind our tendencies to scroll through social media. We actually get a rush of dopamine from this habit, and we may derive a sense of connection from staying in the know. What is it that we are connecting to, however? Is it our support system, affirming messages, important information for our day-to-day safety? Is it to compare ourselves to others, to feed a sense of hypervigilance and fear of the world around us? perhaps a feeling of obligation to be more informed. These are important thoughts and questions to reflect upon. Knowing that there is no need for shame in this reflection, we all do this. We live in a world where scary things do happen frequently, and we also live among social norms that pressure us to feel hypervigilant, competitive, and even experts in every single topic, specifically when they relate to trauma that we may have experienced. Also keep in mind that on social media, we often only see the positives or the quote unquote wins. If your life doesn't feel like it's matching up with others' news feeds, know that you're only seeing a very limited scope of others' day-to-day lives and that we're much less likely to see updates about stress trauma, struggle, or even the mundane. Even when we know that social media isn't always realistic, it still can be hard to detach from feeling the need to compare ourselves for others. It's real stuff. 
To aid in this reflection, let's talk about setting boundaries. This can look like boundaries with friends who may overshare information about an abusive ex to you to prove that you won the relationship. This could look like family members whose social media looks like a newspaper and it's usually not even the one with the comics or the crossword sections. This could even be setting boundaries with yourself if you identify with the popular phrase chronically online. Boundary setting is hard and it's completely okay to admit that. When we're not being told, again by social norms, that it's bad to have boundaries, we're often told that they're easy to make and uphold if we really want to. Boundaries are needed for our overall health, mentally and physically, and they're a practice that can take time to develop. If you haven't been told this, let us be the ones to tell you that you are not obligated to listen to updates from or about your abuser. Others no longer in your life or about topics that make you feel unsafe. You are not obligated to debate the validity of your identity with anyone. Remember that this is your journey, and while it's common to compare ourselves to others, this can hurt us in the long run. We do not all interact with and process turbulence or trauma the same way, and this doesn't mean that our experiences are any less valid. It's okay to turn off or step away from social media or news outlets. It's okay to remove yourself from conversations or to disengage from connections or relationships that are harming you. You don't need to provide an explanation either, especially if you don't want to. Lastly, let's talk self-care, emotional safety, and grounding. We often talk about five types of self-care, physical, emotional, sensory, spiritual, and social. Physical self-care involves taking care of your body, getting enough nutrition, movement and hydration, and also taking the time to prioritize your physical needs. These are all interconnected. Um, taking care of your body is just as important as taking care of your mind and emotions. These things don't have to be as drastic as going for a run, um, like running a marathon or anything like that, um, practicing some intensive fitness program, straight up just giving your body a chance to rest, to be nourished, to be listened to. That is enough to practice self-care in the physical sense. Emotional self-care involves engaging fully with your emotions giving yourself the space to process your thoughts and feelings and really doing it. Um, I feel like so often we may just stop at naming the emotions. I feel sad. I feel angry. I feel scared, but not really processing what could be underneath that or um, even giving ourselves a chance to validate those emotions that it's okay to feel this way or that this feeling will pass. Emotional self-care involves going there, giving yourself permission to process these feelings, whether that's on your own through journaling or taking the time to process with loved ones or professional supports. On that note, social self-care involves connecting and reconnecting with safe people. This helps remind us that we are not alone, and this helps us think about what supports fill us up or make us feel energized, safe, 
what supports drain us on the other hand um social self-care looks like thinking about those relationships and trying to surround ourselves more with those that do make us feel energized and safe and happy sensory self-care is also known as grounding so these are the strategies that we may use to calm our mind with our senses and bring us into the present moment these can be especially helpful when we are feeling triggered or we are in a space that isn't feeling the most comfortable for us. We have other podcasts that go more deeply into what grounding is, including Grounding Through Turbulent Times Volume 1 that we recorded back in 2020. But for a brief refresher, um, there are a couple of strategies that we really love to talk about for grounding. Um, one of which is using you know, tangible fidget tools. So that might be tangles, fidget spinners, even a rock or a small stuffed animal that you might just play with in your hands to help keep you in the present moment, keep you feeling grounded. For instance, that's something that Aspen and I use quite regularly in our professional and our personal lives. Very helpful tool. Another example of sensory self-care or grounding is using the 54321 method. That is a resource that we are going to link with this podcast on our website, so I definitely recommend checking that out after you're done listening to us today. Lastly, spiritual self-care involves getting in touch with your values and what matters most to you. Spiritual self-care isn't just related to practicing a religion. However, if that is something that helps you feel connected to yourself, to those around you, to the universe, that is definitely a valid form of spiritual self-care. Again, this is all about finding out what matters to you, what your core beliefs are, and what you build your value systems upon. And sometimes after experiencing trauma, we may feel a bit out of touch with spiritual self-care or other forms of self-care too. So part of this is also reconnecting with those things, understanding that our values haven't necessarily left us. We may just need to rediscover them through our healing process and our healing journey. Another really important resource and method of you know, safety to have during turbulent times is having an emotional safety plan. This is a resource that we do have an actual template available for, and we will post that on the website along with the other resources that Mo has mentioned earlier in this episode. But to kind of give a brief overview about what an emotional safety plan may look like, it's kind of broken up into three main sections. The first one being just developing it um, and developing a way to take care of and honor your feelings. So, you know, this may look like just figuring out what it is that, you know, if there's certain feelings that you tend to kind of push aside or ignore, taking the time to be able to recognize those, honor those, and support yourself in feeling those and taking the care to you know really allow yourself to feel and process that in a way that is safe and productive to you and your you know mental and physical health and that kind of goes into the next part of it of recognizing when you're feeling 
completely normal reactions to very abnormal circumstances. You know, the, the turbulent times that we experience in our lifetimes and that we see on the news or we hear about on social media, those circumstances are abnormal to a, you know, a day-to-day life. And whatever reaction you may have to seeing and experiencing those things is completely normal. And so it, it is especially important to be able to recognize when you are having those reactions and kind of know how to navigate that and how to keep yourself safe while feeling those reactions. And then lastly, finding those helpful tools and those reminders and those supports to those reactions. So whether that is, you know, using a type of self-care like we've been discussing, whether that's, you know, having affirmations that you can look at to kind of help remind yourself and calm yourself down, whether that's reaching out to friends or family or even professional supports, you know, if you are someone who sees a therapist, reaching out to them um, as part of your emotional safety plan can be really beneficial. The most important part of creating and implementing an emotional safety plan is that it's personalized to you. There is no right or wrong way to have an emotional safety plan. It's all about what is going to be the most beneficial and the most impactful and the safest for you. An emotional safety plan feels like acceptance of yourself and acceptance of however it is you may react to these turbulent times and these abnormal circumstances. It feels like being able to, you know, recognize those, accept those, and process those in a healthy way. And so having it personalized is absolutely crucial. So with all of this in mind, while we can't necessarily always control the turbulent times that we are living within, what we do have control over is reaching out to supports, utilizing tools to stay grounded, and practicing self-care and knowing that we deserve to practice self-care. The Women's Center podcast will soon become a part of the Women's Center's Violence Prevention Initiative, CONVO, or Creating Opportunities for Nonviolent Outcomes. CONVO is currently on Instagram, and you can find us at convo underscore TWC. We will also provide a link to this on our website. Stay tuned to our website for future episodes, and feel free to take a look at our past episodes as well. Our next episode will be released in October in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Follow along on our social media platforms for ways to get involved and spread awareness. The Women's Center focuses our work in partnering with clients to overcome barriers and to gain a life free from violence. Our work is grounded in equity, upheld by inclusion, accountability, self-reflection, and continual growth. We believe that it is important for survivors to feel seen and heard. We believe that Black Lives Matter because we cannot end violence without addressing the distinct injustices that Black and Indigenous people of color face. 
We know that all forms of oppression are ultimately connected, and when we center individuals most impacted, we are also supporting survivors who have faced any form of violence. While we are not experts in anti-racism work, we aspire to be allies in this movement. We all have a responsibility to contribute to unlearning racism and intersecting forms of oppression that take place in our communities. If you would like to talk with an advocate about your own experience with abuse, please call our 24-hour hotline at 262-542-3828. Learn more about the Women's Center at www.twcwaukesha.org and find the resources mentioned on this episode by clicking resources, then podcast on our website. If you're in the greater Milwaukee area, we also host an in-person Wednesday workshop on the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month. That is by pre-registration only, so please call the hotline and ask to speak with me or Aspen for more information. Thank you so much for listening and be well.